Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to the Self Love Club, the podcast chatting about stuff that matters, real talk and lols. I'm your host, Belle Crawford. Thank you so much for joining me. We're back in your ears, a fresh season coming your way. On the show, part one of my latest conversation with Heidi Anderson. Longtime listeners of the Self Love Club may remember Heidi when we first had her on a few years back. A lot has changed since then. She is my sister from over in Australia, not actual sister, but it feels that way and we always have such great chats. On the show we chat about Heidi's move from breakfast radio to creating her own business, how being pregnant and becoming a mum changed Heidi's relationship with her body and body image issues, self-doubt and how to stop giving it power and choosing differently. A lot of pep talks and advice in this chat, also a few F-bombs, uh, Heidi does swear a bit, just a warning in case you're listening around your kids. Let's get into part one of our chat with Heidi. Heidi, welcome back to the Self Love Club. So excited to have a chat with you. It's been a while since radio and I'm like, now I'm screaming ah, <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, so we've had you on before and we were just saying off air that you were doing a breakfast show. It's you know about three or so years ago now and so much has happened. So just update us. Tell us quickly a little bit about yourself and what you do and then we'll get an update, I guess. Oh my gosh, it's so wild because yeah, we just had a little chuckle. I hadn't told anyone I was pregnant yet when I was on your last podcast. So yeah, that must have been because Memphis is now two years and five months. So um, I had him, a little baby boy called Memphis, and I left radio as well, which is just you know, something I never thought would ever happen. When I left radio, I started my own business. So I now coach women in marketing and PRing themselves. So using all my media experience to get people to be memorable as fuck in their marketing. I started a podcast myself too, which was called First Time Parents, which I did with Hubby and we documented our time as first time parents. Um, it's been a wild fucking ride. Like we bought our house just before I left radio. Then we we're both unemployed. Then we, uh, you know, had this baby and this podcast and all of this shit happened and then I started a business and yeah here I am talking to you again my movement shed your shit which I know I talked a lot about body positivity and I actually had my breakthrough moment when I was 30 weeks pregnant so we just missed that on the last podcast about my body and stuff like that and then yeah my movement went was on uh SBS a documentary my shed your shit movement I had a have had a body positivity um, workshops and programs and everything. So a lot has happened. Yeah. We'll go through all of this. We'll talk about all your work and things you've been up to. But, 
you know, update us. Obviously, you've told us some of the things that you've done in that time, which is so much. But when we spoke to you last, you were doing a breakfast radio show, which had been a dream of yours for a really long time. You did have a marketing and PR background. That's where your skills now are really handy in everything you do. You're about to have a baby. It seems like you got pregnant and then you went on your maternity leave and everything sort of changed for you. And to be honest, like, you you don't know it at the time, but for the best. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I had a baby and a lot of people talk about, like, the rebirth of a mother and, like, going into their whole, like, motherhood journey and that kind of thing. And that really happened for me. I was so petrified to leave radio. I was so in my comfort zone. I was found something that I was really good at. I worked at a breakfast show, you know, in a capital city. It was going really well on one show. Then I got moved, you know, the boys left and I was on another show. And it was hard the last few months especially like with the transition of different shows and yeah I in that whole time I remember that when I was pregnant thinking like as I was going through this kind of like identity shift one I didn't know if I wanted to be pregnant because I was so worried about my career because that was the way that I just was I was programmed and I didn't know if I'd be a good mum or my anxieties body image issues and all that came up and then like I said I started to go on this like identity shift and when I was 30 weeks pregnant with Memp I was like whoa something is happening like I started to fall in love with myself and when you start to fall in love with yourself you make better decisions and choices and I had this like real epiphany at 30 weeks pregnant about my body which I'll talk to you about soon but yeah with the whole radio stuff when I left and went on maternity leave my anxiety went nuts obviously you start to look at what's going on on the show oh my god I don't know if I fit in anymore you know um, I was seeing this you know who was filling in for me and all that kind of stuff and you know you're breastfeeding in the middle of the night and I had all these fucking demons coming up and I was like I'm supposed to be fucking happy you know with my baby and all this kind of stuff so off goes social media I was like I'm not going to talk to anyone I'm just going to be in this bubble and I found this bubble of love Memphis just makes me laugh I haven't had mornings for 10 years and we're going to the beach every day and I remember walking home one day and it was about Oh, it was six weeks out from Christmas and I just had this fresh baby it was two and a half months and I said to hubby I don't know if I can go back. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do, but I don't know if I can go back to what goes on behind the scenes. So a lot, I love it when I'm in the studio, I'm on air and, you know, you're in your element and you're performing and, you know, you're having fucking epic conversations. But some of the guys that I worked with, those epic conversations were very minimal. <laughs> mm. um, you know, those genuine conversations. As you know, if you listen to commercial radio, it's a lot of 13, 10, 16, let's talk about what happened on The Bachelor last night. So I was having all these thoughts and feelings and I was like, I don't know if I can go back. And so we had to really you know, work through that. And yeah, I decided to not go back just before the Christmas and had no idea what the fuck I was doing because husband had left, Griffo that is, um, had left his job to be the stay-at-home dad. So we were two unemployed new parents uh, with this fresh little baby with a brand new house that we'd bought thinking like, what the fuck have we done? Mm. But something just told me inside that it was the right decision. And I think had I not had Memphis, I would have been too scared to ever leave that radio bubble because, like I said, I'd found something I was good at. I was going well in my career. It paid really well. So it was, I think, Memphis that really made me see and give me a whole new perspective. And since I've left, my anxiety has been 
just transformational, like in the most positive, awesome way. And yeah, now I've got my own business. I'm a mama bear and I'm living still in this beautiful house and we can afford it. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. You made that choice for yourself. Memphis really helped you do that. When you did it, were you scared? Was there a lot of fear? And how are you feeling? Even though I know that you felt a bit relieved that you'd made that choice for yourself. Were you still yes. watching what was going on? You know, the comparing, yeah. freaking out. What was going on in your yeah. mind? Do you know what? It's been a grieving process. That's 100% being honest, even though it was the right decision and it felt right. Even when I was driving home from the radio station the day after the meeting and, you know, you have to do all fucking go through like your contract, all that kind of jazz. <laughs> I literally, Memphis's song, Walking in Memphis, came on the radio. Now that song kept playing for me at random times. And when I was like, you know, when I was pregnant, am I supposed to call my kid Memphis? And, you know, I started to, so I knew I was like, oh my God, that's the sign that this is the right decision. But I've had to grieve. So two and a half, two and a half years later, I still have moments where I'm like, oh, why hasn't anyone called me to offer me a job? You know, I still have that self-doubt. I still have, um, see other people staying in the industry and what seems like success or what I've pigeonholed as success or whatever. I try not to go too far into it, but I've done a lot of work on my personal development. We've talked since, but seeing you and your podcast and that kind of thing. I've done so much fucking work on myself and I am so such a different person, such a different person, so much more confident. Yes, I have days where I'll get in my head and think, what the fuck? Or, you know, I'll think about a conversation with a fuckhead boss that made me not feel good enough and that would come in, you know, that would yeah. that would make me question maybe the way that I'm doing something now. And I'm like, hey, hang on, that's an old story, you know, when I question myself on the radio. So, yeah, I've had work to do. And it's really weird because when you're talking to 500,000 people a day on a breakfast radio show and people, you know, pedestal you as a celebrity and I'm doing, what are they called? The um, In quotations. Because everyone can see me. Yeah, <laughs> everyone can see me on a podcast um, in quotation marks or whatever it is. Weirdly, and like I hate even saying this because I never ever saw myself as that, but I had to grieve that part of me that I, I'm only as famous as I am today. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. By that? Like 50,000 people on my Instagram. Yes, I've got fucking epic women in my program. I've had 100 women go through this past 12 months, but you're only as big as what you are today or whatever the saying mm. goes. And so I had, I did have to grieve. And not that I ever felt like I was better than someone else or I pedestaled myself, but there was things, perks, this, that, that came with the job. Like, you know, I love performing in front of hundreds of people, thousands of people, you know, being in that element and having my voice heard and everything I loved being seen like that and maybe it was a validation thing that you know that I worked Mm. through but it definitely was a grieving process of letting go of that life do you know what I mean yeah um and at the time when I knew the decision was right I didn't know that I was going to go through that I thought that I'd kind of grieved it that's like the really honest raw answer is yeah the process of letting go how did you do it you say that you did work on yourself What sort of things were you doing? I think anyone who's going through a transition, a change, uh, any maybe a tough time or anything in life, they could find this quite handy. But what sort of things were you doing to help yourself through that time? Oh, and do you know what? I fucking call, I fucking hated the word coach, right? When I left radio and then I was like, what a coach? Oh my God, like so American. And then now I'm like, okay, yeah, I think I'm a coach. I've used coaches. I've used, um, you know, free resources out there, podcasts. I've 
journaled. I've fucking sat in silence and cried. I've listened to grieving meditations. I've done the work. And, you know, and I think the work is sometimes just sitting with ourselves. And I think so much of my, um, so much of me, Belle, was just searching so much for validation when I was in radio. Like, and I don't know if they make you feel like that sometimes. They kind of box you down to, you know, so that you're constantly, you know, by the way that you're critiqued and this and that and air checks, which we used to do quite regularly, um, which is a radio thing where they give you feedback on a break that you've done. And so I, I guess like I was groomed in that way of like always constantly needing this validation. And so for me, I've had to like really sit in my own thoughts and feelings and confront things and good things about myself, bad things about myself that I'm like, fuck, oh my God, I must've been so hard to work with if I was acting like that facing my anxiety even more head on, like my body image issues. And it's been through support of like enlisting coaches, still seeing my psychologist in meditation and silence. Like I sat in silence for 20 minutes this morning. I wake up at five still, I'm still on breakfast radio time. I wake up at 5am, I do a workout for 20 minutes or yoga. Then I do 20 minutes of silence or meditation or writing in the journal or whatever. And then I do 20 minutes of education. This whole new formula is from this epic book that I've been reading the 5am club which is fucking so brilliant and it's called the 2020 formula which I was doing something similar since you know I left radio anyway um but now I'm kind of got a little bit more structure so yeah I've done the work and I think what people don't realize the work is and maybe I didn't fully know as well having been on a personal development journey for over 10 years now when I started opening up about my body image issues in radio that long ago I think I didn't realize like the work is actually sometimes really fucking uncomfortable Mm. and it is just sitting in silence. One of the most recent things that I've been doing is Romy Romy healing, which is a New Zealand practice. I think it's from, it's a Maori one. And uh, one of my girls who's in my program, she helps women become softer and by softer, you know, speaking Mm. from our heart, because I have grown such a hard exterior and armor to protect myself from working in the public eye, to protect myself from, you know, you, you like say you're putting yourself out there for your podcast to protect yourself in all these different ways that we, although I preach vulnerability, sometimes I fucking really struggle oh, to be vulnerable in front yeah. of my husband it's or my so child hard. or my mom or, or my clients even. And so she's really helped me starting to break through and her movement's called It's Safe to Be Soft. Um, I love it. I just showed you a photo, by the way. Oh, there'll, again, be some video, there'll be some videos. There'll be some videos. Okay, for sure. We do videos um, now. I love it. It was. It's been a matter, I guess, of me coming home to myself. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I found this love for my body whilst having a baby with Memphis I'd been doing work you know which I spoke about on the podcast last time but that was kind of all around my body and I didn't realize how much mindset um, challenges that I was having with the belief in myself with that that external validation that I was always searching for after leaving radio that hardened shell that I'd Mm. built around me so that people couldn't fucking say horrible things like it didn't matter like you know they'd say a horrible thing and bang it would you know ricochet back off we'll get back to the rest of our conversation with Heidi soon but first we're an independent podcast and there are some easy ways you can support us make sure you hit follow on your podcast app whether you're listening on Spotify or Apple hit follow we're on all of them if you're listening on Apple podcasts select automatic downloads 
write us a glowing review and leave us a five-star rating if you're enjoying listening. Copy the link and send it to all your friends, the girls group chat, let everyone know about the self-love message. Also, you can find us and follow at Self Love Club Podcast on Instagram to keep up with our content, including videos of this conversation and all of our others. Show us where you're listening or take a screenshot of your podcast app and post it on your Instagram story. Tag us so we can see. Thank you. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. And cheer. Let's get back to the rest of our chat with Heidi Anderson. Talk us through that moment you had at 30 weeks pregnant. And people, if they want to go back and listen to your other podcasts, I would highly recommend it. I've had so many people still who tell me they really related with you and found it so helpful. Talking about body mm-hmm. image and that's the self-hate and loathing and the anxiety and everything. So definitely go listen to that, even though it is really like quite sad to hear how you thought of yourself. But talk us through that moment at 30 weeks pregnant where you all of a sudden realized that you actually loved your body and you had this breakthrough with this hateful relationship you'd had with yourself. Oh, gets emotional, like just even thinking about it because it was such a turning point for me. So I was that girl who was always fucking searching for the right diet to lose that weight for someone to love me to you know to be comfortable in a bikini to be comfortable in swimmers like I'm literally sitting here in my red bikini now <laughs> it's just so hot showing you, <laughs> just showing you my beautiful belly um and so I was always that person that was searching for you know that love for myself so I'd been doing different things to find that which I think I spoke about in your podcast and that was all like basic things of meditation, like, you know, exposure therapy, which is a lot what I teach people to do now to build confidence. But um, for me, it was such a fucking breakthrough and I was 30 weeks pregnant. My body image issues had come up a lot when I first found out I was pregnant. When I realized, you know, when I realized I was pregnant, you're putting on weight, but you couldn't tell that you had a baby. It looked like you're just eating a whole heap of burgers and my demons were like really fierce. And then at 30 weeks pregnant, I remember saying to one of the girls that I worked with, we're going to broom for our baby moon and I don't have any swimmers that fit me. And she was like, why are you wearing a bikini? And I said, oh, I've never really worn a bikini. And I remember thinking about it. The two times I'd worn a, wore a bikini bell was when I was posing on Instagram because I'd lost heaps of fucking weight and I wanted validation that I'd lost weight and looked good. And the other time was in Cuba when I was like, yeah, I've got this. I've fucking lost all this weight and I'm going to wear my bikini. And I remember being so uncomfortable in my own body, even though I'd lost so much weight, I toned and all that, but my mind wasn't right. And I literally never wore a bikini again after that feeling like that, that everyone was staring at me and all these kind of stuff. So I was like, okay, this is 
she reckons I should wear a bikini. Like, fuck, oh my God, I don't know about this. Because I still didn't have like the full baby belly bump, you know. I was still looking like I had a fair few burgers. <laughs> and um, I was still battling that mind stuff. Anyway, I remember standing in the change rooms at Kmart and I looked in the mirror and I'd try, I was trying on bikinis and that voice in my head, you know, had really arrived and she was like, oh, that is so disgusting. You look 150 kilos. Well, all the negative stuff, you fat fuck, all the old demons came back. And then I just silenced her in that moment. I was like, no, I'm going to choose differently. I'm wearing a fucking bikini because I look good. And I just tried to convince myself, I look good. And then I got the bikini and I got home and I showed hubby and he was like, fuck yeah, babe. Awesome. You know, he was really excited for me. We got to Broome, which is just the most beautiful coastline in Western Australia. And I wore my bikini on the beach and I was walking down, strutting down. And I turned around and hubby James, Griffo, whatever you want to call him, he had a tear like running down his face. And he was just like, you look so amazing. And the confidence that you have. And I remember just holding my belly and we didn't know if we we're having a boy or a girl. And I remember just in that moment, I was like, oh, this is, this is the moment. This is where I choose differently. This little life inside me I don't want him or her to go through what I've just been through at having this breakthrough at 36. And so then in that moment, I was like, right, take photos of me. And I did all these photo shoots all over the beach of me and my pregnant body. And I was just having so much fun. Literally, I've wore a bikini ever since. So I haven't taken my bikini off. Like I'm still wearing it today. (laughs) Two and a half years after he's born, it was just so beautiful. And I just remember feeling so good. And, but you know, the thing was for me was seeing myself in that beautiful moment and then going like, I choose differently. Mm. I choose to not let those thoughts control me. When I had Memph, my thoughts came back a little bit. I remember I was standing in the mirror. I was about three weeks postpartum. So really fresh. I'd had an emergency C-section and I was looking in the mirror, I was standing in my maternity bra, my big baggy granny undies. And I looked in the mirror and that voice came back and I was like, no, you don't remember what you promised. And so in that moment, when I made that promise to myself in the mirror and went back to that moment of 30 weeks, remember how you felt, remember what you did. Remember you chose differently. You have the power to change your thoughts. This is what we don't realize. I chose differently. And then I walked away and I wrote this promise to men. And the promise was just, you know, to love myself and let him be, you know, that light that I need and to never say a bad word about myself ever again for not just him, but for me so that he doesn't have to experience that feeling like you've been locked in a jail cell, like you're in the wrong body your whole life. If I ever have those days, I just choose differently. We're allowed to have fat days, bloated days, all that kind of stuff, not feel good in our bikini. Some days I wear a one piece if I'm not feeling 100%, but I choose differently. I don't let it define my whole day. I don't let it define my whole life. No, I love that. That's so powerful. Talk us through that time. So you've got a new baby and then it's time to start thinking about work or what you're going to do now that you've left radio. Griffo, your husband, didn't have a job either. You'd bought this house. You'd obviously chosen to leave. And you've got all these skills. And it is, it's kind of hard when you work in radio. People kind of pigeonhole you and think, well, you can't do anything else. You're a radio host. But you actually gather a lot of skills. You'd had your PR marketing background as well. So what did you do? Because you had to sort of, I guess, find yourself a new way of living and, and paying for your life. You know what? We monetized our podcast real quick. And that was through what I teach now in my program is like building these relationships, establishing relationships, 
forming connection with people and that kind of thing, which is so fucking massive, people take for granted. And I used the contacts of the people that had sent me all this stuff and I did brand deals and that kind of thing through my Instagram. It, it was going really well. It got named on iTunes, New and Noteworthy and like um, magazines and stuff were picking it up because we we're having such real, raw, honest conversations. Didn't have to spend any money on it. Didn't do any, any editing. Recorded it on my iPhone. And Belle's like, fucking hell. And so that was the whole thing <laughs> oh, of us as parents. You. <laughs> well, as parents, we were like, we don't have time to fucking yeah, edit. Exactly. Like, we're just documenting our time as first-time parents sharing shitty and glorious moments. So we monetized that. Hubby had gone back. He got a got work straight away doing Sparky stuff. You know the old Sparky tradie thing. He's an yeah. electrician. I was kind of just able to take my time. So we'd had savings. Like I was playing around a lot on social media, documenting things. Like I said, and then I got someone on our podcast to help with Memphis sleeping, and she was like, "You really should help people build their brands, get themselves out there." And then she ended up becoming my first client. So I trialed stuff on her, which is all about like building brand awareness, marketing yourself, learning how to PR the shit out of yourself. Because she was so stuck behind her logo and so fucking scared to, you know, of what her family and friends were thinking. But whilst I was doing that little bit of businessy stuff on the side, I'd realized after like my breakthrough in my body and my anxiety that I could share this stuff. I was running workshops, I think, when I spoke to you last time about anxiety yeah. and body image. I was doing radio and I was like, fuck. I could literally just start doing some workshops. And then um, all of a sudden I had this whole slogan, shed your shit, which is like releasing your emotional baggage. I was like, oh my God, I could turn this into a program. I've wanted to write a program for four or five years that was stuck in my head. But being in radio, breakfast radio, you don't have time for that. You know, you're doing all the other shit. You're exhausted with as it. well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You literally feel like you've, you're hung over 24 yeah. <laughs> seven. Literally sat on my phone one day and I just wrote a whole program. And then hubby was like, well, what are you going to do with that? I'm like, I'm going to film it. And then I had someone film it and then I'd sit up at nighttime after Memphis would go to bed and I'd edit the program and then I decided to launch it and I had um two and a half thousand people sign up to my very first challenge which was fucking mental and then they signed up to my program and I made my first ten thousand dollars in one month I just saw so many results of these women then I turned it into a six-month program yeah then from there the shed your shit movement began and it was when I was doing that program and just doing a little bit of business on the side because I didn't know if I really would love the business side, to be honest. This was my passion project. Remember when I was working in radio, I was like, I wanted to talk about body confidence. I wanted to do So to actually live it and create your passion project as your life, it was like, wow, this is fucking epic. But what I realized in that moment was it's quite draining on your soul. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, And I'm one of those people, when I work with someone, I want to know that you're going to do the fucking work. Don't, you know, you need to be accountable because that's the person I am. Mm. So when people would just not make changes, I'd get so frustrated. So I delved more into the business side and then eventually um, I hired a coach and then he helped me roll in on this idea of the PR program and that's kind of how that formed. Yeah, the shed your shit stuff, it's so fucking powerful and it's so awesome and I still do free stuff with that where we go down to the beach and we swim and we do a meditation and it's kind of like that rebirth and baptise. What you would love, Belle, is when I shared that story with you when I worked on the radio and we did the love yourself revolution back in Bunbury when I opened up about my body yeah. issues um another really cool thing that we did with shed your shit was we walked through a shopping center in our bra and undies came up with that idea with some of the girls that I worked with to promote one of my self-love workshops and I tell you what it was the most epic day of my life for me those body image issues that maybe I still had creeping at times 
all disappeared. You would think that you would be so uncomfortable. It was one of the most comfortable I've ever been in my bra and undies because when we saw everyone crying and cheering us on and someone came up to us and they were like, are you here protesting for something? And I was like, no, actually, yeah, we are. We're saying up yours to, you know, society's bullshit lies and expectations. So, yeah, we are fucking protesting. And this beautiful lady came over and she got undressed in the middle of the shopping (laughs) centre into her bra and undies and stood there with us taking photos the video went nuts online because I decided to film it. In that moment, I'd sold out my workshop in like three days. But also then I realized, hey, this is what I could teach people as well. Like how to think outside the box. So it had many different layers to it. I've loved watching it all unfold online over the years. And yeah, like you say, it's kind of crazy when you create something and then it becomes your work. When you create something and then you need to learn how to monetize it or it becomes your job. It's really cool, but it's also, it's not a conventional job, right? It can be like the self-doubt can come into it. Is this even a, I remember thinking with me, is this even a thing? Like, what am I doing? But then you look at the evidence, you're like, well, actually, no, this is a thing because your program sold out. And, you know, I've had big brands pay to be on my podcast, you know, like you've got to look at the evidence and tell your brain to shut up sometimes that it's not right. Oh my God, girl, I fucking have loved watching how your podcast has exploded. Like for you saying that, like, I'm sure you went through the same thing, right? Oh, so much. Even last year. No. No, like I, no, like everything's okay. But I have also worked out that I often get really burnt out. And when I get burnt out, that's... It's when I, I just need to have a break. And then I, like, I've come back this year after a, an actual summer break, feeling really fresh and great and yes. not like that at all. It's when I get tired that it creeps in. But, mate, I get it. Like, you want to blow shit up when you're fucking burnt out. You're like, fuck this. Yeah. I'm going to blow this up. I'm going to blow this up. Why am I doing it? And you get in your head and it's mental exhaustion. You're snappy, all yeah. that kind of stuff. You let the haters creep in, you know, or the people that have like questioned you, oh, Belle, is that a real job? Yeah. And then you're like, fuck, is it a real job? You know, because you're tired. When I'm tired, the voices came, like I said, especially when yeah. I was on maternity leave and sitting there in the middle of the night and stuff. Yeah, it's so wild to think that you have such amazing success in your podcast. I've had such amazing success. I hope everyone has an aha moment here. Mm. We all think the same we all feel the same and it all comes back to just not feeling good enough when we were little that boss that said that to us here that person online and so I hope that's an epic reminder for everyone to know that Belle and I go through exactly the same thing Mm. and so for me that's when I go you can fucking do anything so you still have those feelings every now and then do you reckon yeah yeah and I think you know I always share that as well you know like I think no matter how much work you do they still creep in Mm. it's a matter but for me it's like they don't last that long now do you know what I mean if I start to spiral then I know what tools I need to use I know what I need to do like lack of sleep I spiral, you know, if I don't go to the beach. For example, this morning I turned my phone on in my band hours of having my phone on. So I always turn it off at night and then like literally from 5 to 6 p.m. phone goes off, airplane mode, and then doesn't go on to normally about between 7.30 and 9.30 every morning. So I have that precious time with Memphis. But our little nephew was in hospital last night. He had emergency appendicitis. So I had my phone on. Guess how my mood was this morning? snappy, Mm. agitated, wasn't present with Memphis because I was in and out of checking my fucking phone and I'm letting other people dictate, you know, how I feel. I might see something online, you know, this, that, rah, rah, rah. 
when you have time to fill up your own cup in the morning and not have those those triggers or whatever if they are there for you you literally can change your whole entire day that's a massive thing for me and no matter how much work you do you're always going to have those moments like I said for me it's not nearly as much like I've done I do hypnotherapy I still see my psych I do lots of stuff that cost me nothing go to the beach every single morning for a swim go for a walk yeah there's so many things that you can do and when you're in that moment it's just really catching yourself I tell you a really good book I have to share this with you guys that I just read that's been a game changer is The High Five Habit by Mel Robbins have you read it no I need to add that to my list ASAP just listen to her podcast that she did with this guy called Ed. I can't remember, but that was the one that I listened to. She talks all about how the high five habit, you high five yourself in the mirror. And so when I have those moments of doubt, say if I was coming on this podcast today and I was thinking like, oh my God, why does she want to talk to me? This, that, or you go to the mirror and you high five yourself. It might seem cheesy and all that, but our brain is programmed for high fives to mean like, fuck yeah, yeah. you're awesome. <laughs> this, that, because we've been giving people high fives their whole lives. You're a champion. So reprogramming in your your brain to actually do that so now I do that I also she reminded me to just like when you're doubting yourself or you're in your head just come home to yourself and say hand on heart Heidi you are safe Heidi you are loved uh, Heidi you're okay and it's just those little reminders mm. like that's free going out and hugging a tree I know I'm a tree <laughs> hugger now be laughs at me I get Memphis to do it as well coming back to breath to get out of yourself so yeah I fucking still have days like that yeah. girl and I think anyone who says that they don't I don't know if I believe them. No. I think, like I said, you can do a lot of work and have that inner confidence unleash, but there's definitely moments of just the tiniest little self-doubt or whatever that creeps in. That's our brain. Yeah. It sounds like no matter, from the people I listen to their stories, no matter how much success you have, it still creeps in. But the thing with those people who have done those amazing things, they just didn't let it win. So you just can't let it win. And like you say, come back to your breath. I think another thing is we put way too much pressure on ourselves. And I think a lot of that comes down to what we're seeing on social media. I literally only talked about this the other day on a live on my Instagram about how no one has their shit together. So I was down the beach. Um, this girl ran into me. And she used to listen to me on the radio show. And she was like, oh, my God, Heidi. And she's like, I can't be on social media anymore. And you reminded me of that. So much comparison and this and that. And she told me kind of like how she spirals. And I said to her, but you know you can choose differently when you get on there, right? And I got home and I did this talk on you know on my Instagram live and I was like we give it so much fucking power and we give all these other people power you know you see someone in their car with their boyfriend and they're having the best time and they've done a one minute fucking story on their Instagram and then you think that they have the perfect relationship no you don't realize that they've been fucking fighting for the last hour about direction <laughs> they're not going to put that on there so I was like you need to remind yourself that you're seeing the tiniest part of their day so although you might think that you know so much about me because I've been on my stories all morning to all afternoon, you're only seeing the tiniest mm. little part. And that's where people just aren't aware and yeah. they're not thinking about it and they're being so consumed by this perfectionism. Totally. And they're also putting their perfectionism goggles on, right? Because I'm like, when you get on there, you have a choice to choose differently. And you can get on there and be like, oh, yeah, fucking awesome. Heidi's built on an amazing holiday with her partner. I'm not going to sit there and tell you that we had 50,000 fights about maybe <laughs> parenting about Memphis, the directions, this or that, his driving, my driving, because that's not going to be fun if I tell you that all the time. Yeah. I'm quite 
real and honest, but I also there to inspire people, to empower people. So I don't want to just always give you the shitty little moments of, you know, what we're going through as well. So remind yourself of that. It is truly a highlight reel and we should all share more shitty moments. But how do you feel when you jump on and someone's shared their shitty moments? A lot of the time you're like, fucking hell, she's whinging, isn't she? Yeah, people were like, oh, what a punisher, you know, like, oh, shut up, you know. But then it's the same thing when you share your happy moment. You know, if you share that you're in a new relationship and you've had a bit of a, like myself, you know, you haven't always had the best time in it and a lot of people are really happy for you but then others find it triggering or unfollow you, which is like, oh, who cares, you can't get caught up in numbers. But just be happy for people. Like the, And it's not, yeah. while I, I think that people online with a following do have a social responsibility, it's actually not their responsibility to make you feel good about yourself. That's your responsibility no. to make us, don't get triggered by others because they're happy on a holiday with their boyfriend. That's not their responsibility to you. That's your choice to feel that way. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that's why I was just like, stop giving your power yeah. away. Like we do it, we do it at the beach when we go wear our bikini. We give power to all those fucking strangers. And then we miss out on that precious little moment with our child to run around and dance around in our swimmers or be a bit of a dickhead in the water or whatever. Because we've given power to all those strangers. When 98% of them are thinking about their fucking selves anyway. <laughs> you know? So it's like all those little moments that we do it it's like getting on social media like make a choice you know you you have to make a choice of getting on there and going like okay yeah cool like yeah she's sharing that epic shit but also she's probably you know been vomited on by this or shat on by a toddler earlier today or whatever you know like if you keep pedestaling people at perfection and making them like you know out that they have these perfect fucking lives the detriment to yourself and your soul is just, it's mind numbing. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And it kills your joy. You're giving that power away. That was a bit of a rant there, wasn't no, it? No, I love it. It's very, you need to hear that. That's all we've got time for today. Part two of this conversation with Heidi will be dropping in your feeds very soon. Make sure you hit subscribe if you haven't already. Hit follow on your podcast app so it loads as soon as it's live. You could also watch videos of our chat Find us and follow at Self Love Club Podcast on Instagram. I'm at Belle Crawford and I'm dabbling in a bit of TikTok at the moment. It's early days, Belle underscore Crawford as well, where you can find more videos of our conversations. Have a really good week. I'll catch you soon. Thank you so much for listening.